Alistair is stepping down and Manitoba continues to battle the weather. This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Welcome back to another show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Quick question. Are you guys ready for fall? I mean, I hate asking you guys that question, but we are technically only two weeks away from September. So, um, you know, we got to get ready. It's coming. I can tell you I personally am not ready for fall. I think summer went by way too fast and COVID had everything locked down. So, you know, Manitobans haven't really had a chance to get out and enjoy this amazing hot weather we have had. But I will tell you, I am personally happy that come fall, the kids will at least be back in person in school. So that is at least one positive uh, that is coming this fall. But Manitoba, let me know how you guys feel. Um, Like I said, are you guys ready for um, fall? That's coming in only a couple weeks. All right, Manitoba. Big news of the week. Brian Pallister is stepping down. And I think this comes to the relief of most Manitobans. That includes people who voted for him and not. I mean, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to run, again, as he has alluded to in the past. But his term doesn't end for two more years. So now the question is, when is he actually going to step down? And who in the Conservative Party is going to step up and run for the leadership here in the province. Whoever does uh, step into that role does have an uphill battle, because according to the polls, which I mean, I don't trust 100%, but it is the only data that we do have, uh, the PCs are trailing the NDP by close to 20 points. So the new leader will have their work cut out for them. And as much as uh, I am happy that Brian Pallister is stepping down, I definitely don't want the NDP in charge. Uh, Manitoba already went through that. Uh, Manitobans seem to have forgotten the results of having the NDP in charge in Manitoba. And especially in a time of taking away charter rights and freedoms for Manitobans, I definitely don't want a political party that's more on the left of the scale. I mean, I want to go the other way and vote the PPC in, and that's the People's Party of Canada. It seems like they're the only party that's fighting for Canadians' rights and freedoms to be protected. All of the parties think that these rights can be taken away, which in turn makes them not rights, but privileges. Like, you can't take away rights from citizens. The government doesn't give you these rights and freedoms. The government is there to guarantee that you get to keep and have these rights and freedoms. Okay, these are not for the government to take away. Our leaders seem to have forgotten this, and Canadians as a whole, seem to have forgotten this. Like, these are not privileges. But like I said in the previous show, I have been disappointed in Pallister for completely different reasons than why the mainstream media and the opposition, the NDP, are upset with Pallister's performance. And, I mean, a lot of Indigenous leaders are also upset at Pallister. Again, a lot of reasons I do agree with them, and um, there's some I don't. I'm glad he's stepping down personally because I feel he forgot who elected him 
and he seems to be always trying to please the far left, even though it meant abandoning his conservative viewpoints and completely abandoning his voter base. That's personally why I'm happy he's stepping down. Some of Pallister's cabinet members, the opposition, some indigenous groups, and the mainstream media are all happy Pallister stepping down because of the statements he made in July about the statues being toppled. Like, I mean, I hate to bring this up again. It seems like I'm consistently talking about this on every show, but the media, the opposition, they just can't get past the remarks that he made back in July. And the worst part is the media, like I said before, in opposition, they're twisting his words and they're taking what he said out of context to make it seem like Pallister's racist and what he said was racist, or they're making it seem like he was in support of the residential schools in Canada, which is completely a fucking joke. He didn't say anything racist, and when he made those statements back in early July, he didn't even mention the residential schools. He was not talking about that at all. So the mainstream media is just lying to you. But either way, uh, Pallister just can't escape these comments, and it is dragging his party down. So, like I said, either way, he is stepping down. But here is the statement from Brian Pallister, and he released it on August 10th. Okay, it reads, quote, I have informed my caucus colleagues that I will be not seeking re-election as a member of the Manitoba Legislative Assembly. For almost 10 years as an MLA for Fort White and more than five years as our province's premier, I believe now is the time for a new leader and premier to take our province forward. The honor of my life has been serving you as premier. Manitobans have gifted me with the great privilege of leading our province with the two largest back-to-back majority governments Manitoba has seen in over a century. Our team entered office facing enormous challenges from the very beginning, We chartered bold new directions to fix the finances, repair our services, and rebuild the economy of Manitoba. We introduced the first balanced budget in 11 years, while creating the largest ongoing per-person investment in healthcare, education, and family services of any province. We did this while lowering the tax burden on every working person and family more than any other province to keep making life affordable for Manitobans. Most important of all, we did what we said what we would do. We are a clean government with integrity, and I am most proud of that. Together, Manitobans faced an extraordinary challenge like no other this past year and a half of this pandemic. Our government had made, sorry, our government had to make difficult, unprecedented decisions each and every day, decisions to keep our people safe, protect our hospitals, and our health teams, who work in them and support businesses, communities, and individuals. But now, through our collective efforts, Manitoba is poised to recover stronger than ever. Our vaccination rates lead the country. Our job growth leads the country. Today, Manitoba is incredibly well-positioned to springboard into a stronger economic future with even greater social progress. That is why I believe this is the right time for me personally to turn the page and allow a new leader and premier to go the next step and lead Manitoba into a new chapter of progress. I have been honored and proud to serve with a dedicated team in government. I am incredibly optimistic about our future as a province. I want to thank the people of Portage of Prairie who gave me the start in politics almost 30 years ago, and the people in south-central Manitoba who chose me three times as their member of parliament. I want to thank the fine people of Fort White 
who elected me three times as their MLA. I got into politics to fight for the survival of my community when it was facing severe economic challenges. This has been the guiding principle of all my time in public life, to fight against the things that make life worse for people and fight for things that make life better for people. For me, it has never been doing the easy things. It has always been about doing the right things. This is how I endeavored to serve as Manitoba's second, sorry, 22nd Premier. I have served the public life almost continuously since 1992. It was a difficult decision we made then to enter public life when we had just been blessed with our first child, and it is a difficult decision we are making to leave public life, especially when there is so much more to do. But both were the right decisions, then and now. But now it is our time to move on and spend that extra precious time I missed over many years with my family. I want to thank Ether, Quinn, and Sean for their love and support each day over these years. To every Manitoban, I wish you the very best in all you aspire to be. Your hopes and dreams will always be close to me. I love Manitoba. I love Canada. We live in a country and province of endless opportunities. That is why I say to you, the only thing better than today in Manitoba is tomorrow in Manitoba. Thank you. End quote. Now, here are some statements made by some of the leaders of various groups throughout the province. And spoiler alert, none of them are positive. Uh, quote, I have been very clear in my belief that Pallister was no longer to fit and serve as premier of what is now Manitoba. And I called for his resignation last week following his underwhelming apology regarding his whitewashed and deeply dangerous version of Manitoba's colonial history, said Jerry Daniels, Grand Chief of the Southern Chiefs Organization. Quote, Throughout his premiership, Pallister showed his contempt towards First Nation and Indigenous peoples, and he regularly disrespected our constitutional, inherent, and treaty rights. Yesterday's announcement is welcome. It is a new day with fresh opportunities for relations with our provincial treaty partner. We hope that Pallister's successor will work with the First Nations people of this land instead of working against us. And from the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs, Grand Chief Arlene Dumas said that while political leaders typically wish their colleagues well as they move on, he won't be doing so in Pallister's case citing the Premier's comments about colonization as the final straw. Quote, There were no attempts to address this issue in a meaningful way, so it's very hard to decide on how to respond when somebody treats such a significant itch issue in such a poor way. End quote. Uh, sorry, a uh, new quote. Uh, it's very disturbing for the Premier to come off so callously and then not to even try to address the issue is very problematic. And Dumas also said that he hopes the next progressive conservative leader will represent an opportunity for government and indigenous leaders to rebuild bridges and work together. And in a statement Wednesday, Manitoba Métis Federation President David Chartran said Pallister's rhetoric about, quote, doing the right thing for Manitobans, end quote, and having a scandal-free tenure as premier weren't reflective of the experiences many Métis people have had with the government. It's clear that the provincial government now stands at a crossroad. The choice for the next leader will tell us a lot about whether the government will continue down this path or if they will have 
it within their party to rebuild confidence in their ability to engage in meaningful dialogue with the Red River Métis and all Manitobans. Quote, it was the it was only in his last remarks to the media that he finally said something I can agree with. The only thing better than today in Manitoba is tomorrow in Manitoba. End quote. And finally, the province's uh, former Indigenous Relations Minister Eileen Clark said in a statement on social media that she feels relieved that the Premier will be stepping away as leader of the PC party and that is due to the comments that she made uh, that he made back in early July. Manitoba NDP leader Wab Knuse said that there were quote probably many Manitobans who are maybe breathing a sigh of relief today end quote and he also wanted to remind Manitobans that Pallister's caucus were behind him throughout his premiership even when he pushed for sometimes controversial decisions such as closing various emergency rooms in Winnipeg and lifting COVID-19 restrictions in spite of warnings from health experts. Quote, It's not just been about Mr. Pallister. It's been the entire PC caucus and his party that has supported his decisions every step of the way that has caused Manitobans so many problems these past few years. End quote. And he also slammed the Pallister for announcing his departure while Manitoba is still coping with the pandemic. Quote, this is the time for that Manitobans need you, so why leave now? End quote. I mean, Pallister, no matter what he does, can't make Wab Canoe happy. Pallister can cure cancer and end world hunger, and Wab Canoe would still not be happy and find fault in it. So, I mean, I don't really take what Wab Canoe says seriously, but he is definitely happy that Brian Pallister is stepping down. Uh, they have been. They've been at each other um, before in the past. I mean, you guys remember that, um, you know, Pallister called Wob Canoe and I said he was acting like an asshole and he was caught on a hot mic. So, I mean, they've been at each other's throats before. But uh, I will, I'll be sure to keep you informed who is going to be the new leader of the PC party here in Manitoba. But one of Pallister's legacies that I've been openly arguing against that's going to continue in Manitoba here is the two-class system, and it's just fucking outrageous. The Bombers, the Gold Eyes, outdoor concerts celebrating Manitoba's birthday, the Red River X, and now the Winnipeg Jets. Are, the Winnipeg Jets are jumping on board. True North Sports and Entertainment announced that come September 26th, when the Jets play their first preseason game, all employees, event staff, and guests will have to have two shots of the vaccine in order to attend any games or events that take place in either Canada Life Center, which is the former Bell MTS Center, or the Burton Cummings Theater. Not only that, as of now, according to their website, attendees will still have to wear masks, even though they've had two doses. Like, what a fucking joke, Manitoba. Unfortunately, I hope this is reflected in the number of people who attend these events, you know, just like it was in the Winnipeg Blue Bomber home opener. People on Twitter and online were trying to justify and make excuses on why the Bombers didn't sell out. Uh, but we all know why the reason, the real reason why the Bombers didn't sell out. Think about it. They're the Grey Cup defending champions, and after one year of no football, they couldn't sell out their home opener. It, it, it's, it's so obvious. It's because of the two-class system. 
What I do kind of find funny is uh, about having this two-class system in Manitoba and having Trudeau talk about how he's going to federally mandate vaccines for government employees. When all these studies are starting to come out all over the world, showing that you could still give and get C-19 just as easily as if you've had the vaccine or if you haven't had the vaccine. So you're not even stopping any, quote, super spreader events, as you call them, by only having vaxxed people attend, especially if you're allowing children under 12 to attend. So throughout this whole pandemic, the science and the logic behind these arbitrary rules is consistently shifting and changing. So I don't know why people defend these so-called laws. There was a study that recently came out that said that Pfizer was only 40% effective against fighting C-19. 40% effective. And you want citizens to get this experimental jab if you're healthy, if you're young and healthy, and you're not sick, it doesn't make any sense. So I guess for the time being, I'm going to be living on the outskirts of society because as of now, there's no fucking way I'm going to get one of these ineffective experimental vaccines. And I'm a pro-vaxxer, just so you guys know. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just not down for being experimented on. You know, I'm going to wait for more testing and more studies to be done because the longer you wait and the more information we keep getting, it seems like this, these vaccines are not something that someone in good health should be getting. And uh, I mean, if you're not extremely old, then I mean, Jesus, I don't know. I mean, talk to your doctor, I'll say that. But uh, like I said, I don't think I'll be getting it anytime soon. But some good news in the province, Manitoba, some, we definitely do need some good news. Manitoba seems to be winning against the fight against our forest fires here in the province. Evacuees from four different First Nations are returning home after they were forced to flee due to the fires and uh, the smoke. Right now, there are 143 fires burning in Manitoba, and 11 are currently being classified as out of control. And so far, there has been 431 fires this year. The average for this time of year is normally 370. So we're definitely um, quite, a, quite a bit above average. A couple of things that have helped out the province, according to Dave Schaefer, who is head of the Manitoba Wildfire, Wildfire Services, is that we have finally received some rainfall across the province, which helped take some of the pressure off. And the other thing is Manitoba uh, received more than 100 firefighters, along with their support staff, um, came from South Africa. And they are expected to stay in the province for 34 days. And here is the media release. August 11th, firefighters from South Africa will help battle Manitoba wildfires. Pandemic protocols will be followed. Today, the Manitoba Wildfire Services, MWS, Manitoba Conservation and Climate will be welcome, welcoming over 100 South African firefighters along with their support staff to help battle Manitoba wildfires. The South African contingent joins over 400 Manitoba firefighters as well as resources from across Canada deployed to aid in fire suppression. Manitoba's six water bombers have been supplemented with two aircrafts from Quebec, four from the Northwest Territories plus over two dozen helicopters to assist in fire suppression efforts. 
The South African contingent of firefighters has been arranged by the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre, or CIFFC. CIFFC is a not-for-profit corporation owned and operated by federal, provincial, and territorial wildland fire management agencies to coordinate resources sharing, mutual aid, and information sharing. Manitoba Emergency Measures Organization has been working collaboratively with the MWS to ensure COVID-19 protocols are met. In accordance with federal regulations, the contingent was tested for COVID-19 prior to their departure from South Africa. Upon arrival in Winnipeg by charter flight, they will be tested again. Strict COVID-19 protocols, including ongoing rapid testing, will be in place for the duration of their deployment. COVID-19 immunizations will be available to the firefighters. Recent rainfalls across the province will help ground crews in ongoing fire suppression efforts. And like I said, Manitoba currently has 142 wildfire, active wildfires burning across the province. So that is the statement released from the province. And um, as a result of these fires in Manitoba, unfortunately, some First Nations may be without power for up to three months. From CTV News Winnipeg, Two First Nation communities in Manitoba that have been left without power due to wildfires may be waiting three months before the lights are back on, Manitoba Hydro says. In a letter to Manitoba's Crown Services Minister Jeff Wharton, NDP MLA's Ian Bushy and Adrian Sala said the communities of Payangasi and Little Grand Rapids are facing a long wait time before power may be restored. Quote, our understanding is that several kilometers of transmission lines leading to Payangasi and Little Grand Rapids have been affected by the fire and that, as a result, these communities have been told by Manitoba Hydro that they may be waiting upwards of two to three months until power is restored, end quote, the MLAs wrote in this letter. The families have been displaced by these fires deserve uh, for these repairs to be made a top priority. A spokesperson for Manitoba Hydro told CTV News, it is prioritizing and expecting uh, expediating these repairs. Hydro completed a damage assessment on Tuesday by helicopter, and while it wasn't as bad as it could have been, there was still 55 poles and 33 cross arms damaged. The issue, Hydro said, is, a dam- is the damage is spread out in swampy and boggy areas where road access is not possible meaning crews and materials will need to be flown in. The Hydro spokesperson told CTV News that preliminary estimates for repairs is two to three months, though it could be faster depending on what the crews find on the ground. And in a statement to CTV News, Wharton said the province understands the impact these fires have had and sympathizes with the residents in Little Grand Rapids and Poongasi and other remote communities. Quote, our government is aware of the post-fire restoration efforts and have been in continuous conversations with Manitoba Hydro, end quote, Wharton said in a statement. We have been informed that Manitoba Hydro is exploring all these options to restore power to customers in the region and ensure the community can have a safe return home as quickly as possible, end quote. So that's pretty crazy, Manitoba. Like I said, uh, they're going to be, could be up to, Three months without power due to these fucking fires. So, 
my heart goes out to you guys, that would completely suck. Sometimes it feels like I'm covering the end times or crying out loud. Our province is either burning out of control or we have serious droughts we're dealing with. The RM of Morris is urging its residents to conserve water or else their water supply could potentially be cut off. And in a statement on the RM's website from August 11th, it noted that the recent rainfall has been helpful, but the community is still in a severe water crisis. So the RM is asking residents to only use water wisely, and they're asking uh, that the residents to use water for human consumption only and not to water gardens or fill up a pool. And it notes that if people continue to use the water at the current rate, Morris's water supply could be cut off. So that is pretty crazy, Manitoba. Either we're dealing with fires, or we're dealing with communities that lost power, and we're dealing with the possibility of communities now losing water. So, do you really think this is the time to be complaining about words that are taken out of context? It seems kind of silly with all the actual problems that we're dealing with in Manitoba that were still hung on what Pallister said over a month ago that was not racist and was not even talking about residential schools. I know I'm harping on this, but it's just mind-blowing. The articles and the shit that I read every day and to, to, to find out what the media focuses their attention on. It's just fucking mind-blowing. But before I do end the show uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of uncommon, unfortunate events took place last week in Manitoba as well. Pretty uh, mind-blowing stories. The first one I want to uh, bring to your attention is an explosion and fire at a Winnipeg home sent four to the hospital. And emergency crews were called just before 11.30 p.m. on Wednesday to an explosion and a fire that took place at a home on Redwood Avenue. Everyone did get out of the house okay before um, firefighters arrived, but the fire remains under investigation, but the preliminary investigation suggests that there was a gas leak that ignited and blew up. So it's pretty fucking crazy. I'm glad everyone got out okay. But it's not too often that, um, yeah, house explodes in Manitoba. So Jesus. And the other uh, story I want to bring to your attention, which is also pretty fucking crazy, is um, a truck traveling down a southeastern Manitoba highway was struck by lightning. And it was actually struck by lightning while it was driving, like at 100 kilometers an hour. It's pretty fucking crazy. You can go online and look at the pictures. And, um, I mean, the fire destroyed the truck. But uh, the, the, the driver and the passenger are okay. They're just a little shaken up. But like I said, it's, it's pretty uncommon that a vehicle is struck by lightning while traveling yet. You know what I mean? That must have been pretty pretty crazy experience that they went through. But I'm, like I said, I'm glad that they're okay. So Manitoba, like I said, holy fuck, are we in the end times? Fires, droughts, no power, no water, lightning strikes, and, you know, uh, gas leak explosions. Like, fuck, man. And on top of it, like I, how I started the show, we have fall in two weeks. Like, summer's over. 
Like, Jesus Christ, what a bad start to 2021. And, I mean, as you guys all are aware of, I talk about the crime rate that's skyrocketing in Manitoba. Not a good year so far, Manitoba. Let me know what you guys think. But I do hope you guys hang in there. All right, Manitoba, that is going to do it for today's show. But before I do end the show, I want to give a huge shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Trevor Duguay, who listened to uh, the show and wanted to support the show and reached out to me. And after a brief conversation, um, yeah, they uh, wanted to find out how I can, um, what I needed to help out with the show. And um, they purchased some equipment for the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, a second mic is on the way. So, soon, guests and interviews are coming. So, like I said, a big shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Trevor Duguay. Thank you so much for your support. It means a ton. And I want to thank everyone else for tuning in to another show. I really do appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe. Do all that good stuff that helps out. Um... Uh, Like I said, sharing really does help people. So if you do enjoy it, please do share. You can follow me on Twitter at MBFreeThinker. Email is MBFreeThinker at gmail.com. Facebook is Manitoba Freethinker. Same with YouTube. I don't usually upload all episodes to YouTube. And I'm on most podcast platforms. But if you can't find me, go to the website at MBFreeThinker.wordpress.com. And you can get all the links to the previous shows there. But I love you guys. Um, Like I said, thank you so much for tuning in to another show. And again, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Trevor Duguay, for your support. It means a ton. Love you guys, and I'll catch you guys in a couple days. Bye. Bye.